say a prayer and uh, just take the hand of the person next to you. And if you're a long way off from that person, don't don't worry about that. But just uh, gently hold hands together. This will be our sign of unity. So just take the person's hand next to you if you're able. And let us uh, pray this breakthrough prayer together. Because we're praying this prayer as one. God, we see breakthroughs on the horizon. We left a world Bibles and stale rations on the other bank in exchange for future approvals. Give us the courage to take the steps to embrace change and boldly grow your kingdom. Let Trinity be the place of heartfelt transformation as we reach new people and may be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. lesson this morning is from the book of Matthew. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your bodies, what you shall put on. And not is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one bit to his span of life? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, God. You know, summertime, well, maybe a time of year, so time to go on for trips. Go on vacation, go with some family, go camping, and pack, pack, right? Pack, pack suitcase. <clears throat> well, this is an old, old suitcase of the property today. Uh, this was Haney's uh, great aunt's uh, Aunt Martha. Martha. Uh, and uh, I'll bring this up here today. But you know, some people pack like weeks in advance. They have their suitcase out and they put one thing at a time and think about it, put nothing in. But some just wait the night before, right? And they just they just know, oh, let's put all this in and then they have all the things that they need. But no matter what, it seems like no matter what, whether you're a packer that's over days and weeks to put stuff together, or you are a person that does let's say the day before and just gotta put stuff in. Sometimes you just forget something if you're going to take something or, you know. And so I thought I'd pack for a trip. And, you know, uh, I have half my agenda. I might say I might itinerary all things where I'm going. That's, that's important to put that in there. And, um, yeah, yeah, I got your, your essentials. You know, you got to have the essentials in there for to make yourself clean and that kind of stuff. And then you always need, when you're traveling on a journey, you, you do need uh, shoes, comfortable shoes. So those will fit in there. And uh, yeah, don't you get excited when you start putting stuff in and say, wow, I really see myself in this outfit on, on this occasion, or, or I see myself wearing these shoes on this long journey up the rock, and 
kind of stuff. And then, what else will I do? Well, you know, you can't go on a trip without some kind of essentials like saltwater taffy. Well, it could be nuts and other food items that you're not going to get in Israel, or you're not going to get in Europe, you're not going to get in Niagara Falls. Well, I guess you get this in Niagara Falls. But yeah, you got to take a few little few food items that pass from customs, so you've got to take that. And then you're going to have, just in case the power goes out, you know, sometimes you're a little anxious, you're, you're a worrier, and who knows what might happen. You've got to have a flashlight, so you've got to take a flashlight. And then you got to make memories in the camera. So I've got to take the camera. And then, uh, well, this is, this is my great uncle's also, Ains' great uncle, the binoculars, you know, so got to use them. And then i uh, got my journal here uh, that I just keep with, write down my thoughts, and got to put the journal in there. I don't know if everything's going to fit. And, you know, yeah, i got to you gotta take a Bible, right? You gotta take the Word of God with you. And wherever you go, God's gonna be there too. So you gotta take the Word of God. And then, you know, when you're on a new adventure, you gotta take some new things, right? So here's, I'm going on a new discovery, this new place. I'm gonna put that in here too. So, okay. Alright. Okay, Jim, would you mind sit on this? Like, my clip it, you might. No? Alright. Has that ever happened? Is that when you're on pack for a trip? Doesn't fit. Everything, everything you take doesn't fit. And you just think, well, gee, I gotta have I gotta have all that stuff. And maybe you maybe pack stuff and then you had to all pack everything and start over again and think prioritize. And uh, sometimes uh, we don't make room for the new stuff, for the for the new discoveries. Oh gosh, I had my heart set on taking the camera. Oh, I had my heart set on taking these nice, comfortable shoes. You know, when you go to new places, sometimes, sometimes you have to leave some old stuff behind. You gotta leave it behind. Because who knows what new stuff you might encounter on your new journey. And, and it's hard to, well, I guess I'll, for now, I'll give up. I'll give my journal right now. I'll give that up. And, well, I guess I really don't need my saltwater taffy, you know, my food, and get by on a little trip there. I guess I can get by without that. And yeah, I do have shoes I'm wearing. Those are probably just, yeah, I could probably get by without these nice, man, these are nice things that look good where I'm going. But something, you know, I don't guess I don't need my shoes. So, yeah, I definitely take the Bible. Definitely take the Bible. But you know, I could, yeah, I could do without these binoculars. All right, all right, give that up, yes. Let's see. Fit. Um, fits. We do. And uh, when you give up stuff, some things do fit. Huh. I guess I'm ready. I want to take. I want to take all that stuff with me.
God, maybe God says this is all I need. And I want to discover. Did you, I've got to show you. When you try something new, it does take a lot of courage, doesn't it? When we try something new, a new vision, something you've never done before, you've got to embrace change. That's what happens when you try new things. Courage has to go with you. Change has to go with you. But it fits now. Even though I don't like to give one up, there's a few things there. But Aunt Martha, she was 410. She paid no more than 90 pounds. I don't know. She was all she wanted, all she needed was right here. She went on a lot of adventures. Trinity Church, we have a movement on Maine. Sometimes when we're moving to the new places, there might be one or two things we got to leave behind. Or maybe this is um, your heart. And uh, how is your relationship with Jesus Christ? How's it with your heart? Have you made room for Jesus? Have you decided to give up that one old thing to try something new? I wonder, it's a hard thing. It's really hard. Kind of difficult. Well, this morning we're talking about the, the lore of materialism. And, uh, oh, I forgot to show this next picture here. This little briefcase. And you probably can't read it from me more, but it says Chillicothe, Ohio. <laughs> that suitcase is bound from Chillicothe, Ohio. Well, if I, I didn't bring it with me, but it's, it's just about this size. <laughs> what are those things that lure you to materialism? Uh, those things that uh, weigh you down, that fit into your suitcase, that a part of you that I just can't get rid of that. I just can't, I can't get rid of that. And by saying that, you know, there's, there's no room for, for God things. Oh yes, they might be good. From last week there are good things, but sometimes there's good things turn into God things. Well, first thing we're going to look at today, we need to make Christ the great desire of your life. The great desire of your life. I love that phrase. Desire. Desire. I desire God's great love. I desire this great God. Make Christ the great desire of your life. In the world we live in today, there's a constant yelling out, saying, desire this, desire this. Find this. Be happy with this. But Scripture will always tell the truth. To find peace with God, peace with yourself, and when we let go of stuff, we make Christ our great desire. How does that look? What does that look like? Where did I, where did I leave my Bible? That's a question. Is my Bible over here? Where, oh yeah, down here in the corner. <laughs> when we 
bring over. But uh, Colossians 3, verse 5, Paul's telling the Colossians, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And he goes on and says, you used to walk in these, these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must get rid of yourself of all such things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self and its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and image of its creator. So when we have God as our great desire, we have Christ as our great desire, we're holding on to those new things, those fruitful things, those blessed things. Oops. So focus on Christ keeps you on course. <laughs> I know I've used this illustration several times when a farmer was teaching me how to plow a field or plant the corn or the soybeans. He says, now, don't look down right in front of you. You have to look out at a point way out in the distance to keep that line straight and keep the rows where they need to be. You need to focus on, on that, on the distance. And for me, as I stand here, which is quite appropriate for me, is I'm looking at Christ with one pointing heavenward, and you, looking this way, you're looking at the cross. So focus on Christ and keep Him, uh, keep, not Him to keep you on course. And what I believe is this, that God brings wise people into your life to change your course for the better. Have you ever been on a journey and there's people that you've bumped into. I'm sure I'm glad I got to meet so-and-so. Made the journey that's much much more healthy, much more alive, much more exciting. And from time to time, when Ann and I look back across our years and all the different churches we've been, we talk about this person, that person. What a great to get to know that person because they were rich in their spirituality and rich in the spirit. And they had many gifts to share, not just with me, but just with the church. And I'm glad I crossed paths because I saw them as wise people. And they were helping me to change, to be a better person, to stay on course, the place where God wants, wants me to go. Craig Michelle this, says this about being happy. I'll read it a couple times, let's sink in. When happiness becomes our standard for judging truth, things that make us happy give us permission to do some things that otherwise would be considered wrong. I sure we are happy. If I were only happy, I'm just looking for happiness. I just can't wait till I find that right person, then I'll be happy. I just can't wait till I have enough money, then, then I'll be happy. I just can't wait till I get that particular job promotion, then I'll be happy. When happiness becomes our standard for judging truth, things that make us happy give us permission to do things that otherwise would be considered wrong. (laughs) 
208 items that we talked about last week, the long list, that those, those are things that, wow, that, that sure did feel good. I, I feel good about that. I feel happy now. And we replace God with that idol. And the deeper thought is this. Has happiness become your idol? Has that particular emotion become your idol? That particular feeling? Let's do it a different way. Those who are opiate addicts, which, you know, what we hear is that there's something chemically in the brain that they have to have that particular chemical once more, one more, one more, to have that feeling, to have that high. And then it goes away, we try it again, that becomes into an addiction. I just wonder sometimes maybe we as church people, maybe Christians that we have substituted Jesus Christ, God, for happiness. As long as you're happy, do whatever makes you happy. I just wonder if happiness for some of us has become an idol and we have to really, may the happiness has moved us away from knowing what the truth is. God's truth. treasure. What would you put in your suitcase that you died? No one is allowed. This, these are my favorite. This is my treasure. This is for your treasure is your heart and your also. Yes, it could be money. Well, I wonder. Maybe it's it's happening. Nothing wrong with happiness. But maybe happiness is a good thing that has turned into a, a God thing. Jesus probably just asked the question, where's your treasure? And what do you pour yourself into? Well, the first step is the most dangerous. First step is the most dangerous. Paul tells Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered away from the faith. The love of money. There's nothing wrong about money in itself. The money is the means that allows us to do the things that we do, allows the Trinity Church to be able to invest in people, invest in ministries. But the love of money is root of all kinds of evil. And you heard evil things you might say in the Colossians passage. But some people are eager for money, some eager for God, have wandered away from the faith. They have veered off course. And, and that first step is really the, the toughest. You know, when you pack, go on a trip. You packed everything. These are the most important things. And you realize, oh man, it's just, you find something you have to get rid of, you have to leave behind. You thought it was going to work, but you had to leave behind. And it's hard, isn't it? Uh, Annie would know, and and I should know is that uh, I don't know how many times we've moved. I mean, just since we since we've been married.
the first few years, you know, you're always moving every year, every two years, you know, school and that kind of stuff. Uh, I hate moving. Oh, I, I talk about, I just, oh, when the, when the truck comes and you back it up, oh my gosh. And I just found out a reason why I don't like moving. Because strangers are touching my stuff. <laughs> They're touching my stuff, and they don't value as much as I value it. You see, the thing I've learned over the years is that, okay, we'll let them take this stuff, but this stuff will take care of We'll move it. And it's this stuff that we will have. First step is dangerous. I think as a church, when we're moving, we have moved on Maine, we want to do things, try new experiments like Jim Wade was talking about. We see those new things happening. Wait a minute here. Well, are you going to touch my Bible stuff? You can touch this stuff, but not this stuff. That's why we say in our prayer, we left back our old idols and stale rations in exchange for future fruitfulness. It's one thing to have something in your hand, but this, God tells you to set it down and go over here and believe that I'm going to give you something that's, that's better for you. That takes faith. That's a tough first step. Evaluate your use of money in the light of living in Christ-centered life. Andy and I have done several seminars around money management for couples, for individuals, and, and um, we share with people. Those people hate their minute. They don't want they don't want to even think about money. They don't think of how to spend it. They, they don't want to think about it because they might find out something that they know they have to change. Maybe just look at your checkbook and see where debit card statements or whatever we do now, right? Credit card statements. Evaluate your use of money in light of living a Christ-centered life. If you're focused on Christ and Christ is your one and only and Christ is your great desire, then, then those things that means reflect your love for God or things you're happy with. I love this quote, John Dawkins. Arguments about money aren't about money. They are about our dreams, our fears, and our absence. John Dawkins is a marriage therapist uh, around, around the country. Um, his wife, they do all kinds of trainings for other persons to become a Dawkins therapist. That's what he needs training to become. And this is, this is exactly right. It's not about the money. It's about your dreams. What are you dreaming? About your fears. Oh yeah. Those fears. Am I going to let the moving guy take a hold of that picture that we invested that much in? It's quite valuable to me. I don't think so. Our analyses. Well, I measure up. This 
relationship to husband and wife, married relationships. It's the same in church relationships when we're trying new things. It's not about the money, it's about our dreams, about our fears and adequacies and, and the direction that we're going in. And if we begin to pinpoint those new things, how exciting they are. Acknowledging the fears. You know, a few weeks ago I talked about what we're most fearful of. But I said, we don't need to fear death. Because death is now in the rear of the And we're looking for new things and new possibilities. Well, Jesus said it this way. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost and see how see if you have enough money to, to complete it? True. Dreaming is about thinking of the future. Dreaming is about seeing things as God sees them. Here, Jesus is talking about how to become a disciple. It costs. It costs a lot to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's sacrifice. Cost a lot. Calculate the cost. <coughs> Seek God's kingdom first. The scripture that was read this morning could be summed up in these five words. We lose when worry wins. I think that's what Jesus was saying in, in the scriptures. In Matthew 6, in the first part, we lose when worry wins. So we have to find a way when we're dealing with this lore of materialism, when we're dealing with the things that are around us. And I said happiness can be an idol. I just wonder, can worry, could worry, anxiety be an idol? And I got a lot to worry about. Oh, don't bother now. I gotta worry about this. Oh, don't don't bother me. I have, to, I have all kinds of anxious thoughts. I can't deal with all I have to deal with all these things. There's a there's a healthy point to worry about yourself, about your children, about your business, about your life, about the things around you, about the world. It shows that you care, but you value these things. But when that becomes all in all, and you're not your great desire, then that's when you're going to veer off course. We lose when worry wins. You know, I think it maybe two years ago, or I don't know how long it's been, but. Uh, the movie The War Room. Uh, it's about prayer. It's about this young couple and wrestling with all the issues that they had. And this older lady, seasoned person, I would call the spiritual mentor, Miss Clara, was teaching the wife how to pray. And then she said this line I'd rather have a man chasing Jesus than a household stuff. That's pretty powerful. What are you chasing after? 
stuff, the Lord materialism? Are you chasing Jesus? See, if we put first things first, if God's first, then all these things begin to do to Let me just read to you, and you've heard it maybe, but maybe not. This is uh, Miss Claire's prayer for this young couple and for us. Lord, you've done it again. You are good, you are mighty, and you are merciful. And you are God. Raise up a generation that will take light out into the world. You've done it again, Lord. You've done it again. You are good, and you are mighty, and you are merciful. And you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it. Praise you, Jesus. You are Lord. Raise up more that will call upon your name. Raise up those that love you and seek you and trust you. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Lord, we need a generation of believers who are not ashamed of the gospel. We need an army of believers, Lord, that hate to be lukewarm and stand on your word above all else. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. I pray for unity among those that love you. I pray that you open their eyes and they may see your truth, Lord. I pray that your hand of protection and guidance raise them up. Raise up a generation, Lord, that will take light into the world, that will not compromise under pressure, that will not cower, Lord, when others fall away. Raise them up, Lord, that they will proclaim that there is salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up warriors, Lord, who will fight on, their, fight on their knees, who will worship you with their whole hearts, Lord. Lord, call us to battle that we may proclaim that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray these things with all my heart, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Amen. The powerful prayer from Miss Claire. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching and waiting until that might my door. For those who find me will find life and receive favor from the Lord. So how's God calling you through this message this morning? Uh, in your handout, there has the three of them at the bottom of the page of the outline there. There's only two more Sundays here in August. Can you believe we're almost through August? Maybe your calling is just to come the next few Sundays. I'll make it a priority to worship God in the sanctuary, this sanctuary, and the remaining two Sundays, August 20 and 27. I'll continue to enter in our, or enter into our 24 days of prayer for Trinity Church and attend a prayer gathering on Thursday, August 24th at 7.24 p.m. right here. And you may have a handout in the bulletin. And we'll be in the sanctuary. We're going to pray for 24 minutes, August 24th at 724. Can I count? Count? Sure, I hope so. Third one is, am I willing to consider being a part of the Connect team? by attending the information meeting on Tuesday, August 29th at 6 p.m. in room 208. 
And you see there other options there. If you're interested in baptism, we'll be the pastor or membership coming up. Uh, you can check that and we'll look over those. So let's, let's pray together. Dear God, uh, allow our hearts to be united together that you, you are a great desire. And we thank you for, for pouring out your Holy Spirit upon this room, upon this sanctuary. God, that you are doing amazing things already. We see God's story after God's story, seeing people's lives transformed. And Lord, we ask that you will transform us from the inside out. That we may be revived, that we may be renewed, that we may praise your holy name each and every day. That this place may be the light that draws people to Christ. Jesus, make it so. In your name we pray. Raise us up. Amen.